2: From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect. Helping you correct your auto problems, our host is Coach Charlie. Charlie Melton, I'm Liz Gill. We are here to help steer you in the right direction. Cars just aren't simple anymore. Computers control everything. We're going to find out from Coach what we need to know. We'll also find out other questions that you ask. Or that someone else has already asked, because this is a repeat from February of 2022. But you can always send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hello, Coach Charlie.
0: Hello, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, but let's get to the important things. How did uh, Clinton bowling team do in district?
0: We won district.
2: Woo! And we had
0: state yesterday,
2: right? And we right.
0: were uh, we beat everybody, and then we lost in the Baker's match. Oh. so we came in second in state. Oh,
2: in Boop class da-dee. three. Oh, all right. Well, g- congratulations for a season well done. Do you do you go out for pizza now or? <laughs>
0: uh, give us a month
2: <laughs> okay, well, we are talking about uh computers and so when you say the car the car computer is it a car computer, or is there a bunch of them? How does there, it work?
0: There are multiple car computers in the uh, vehicles, and they really all work together uh, with these computers and If you think about computers uh they can be hacked. They can be reprogrammed. They can do a lot of different things, and you can make them do a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of the dealerships now uh, say if you want a transmission or, or or maybe even an engine to be high performance, instead of changing the mechanical parts of it, they change the parameters of the computers, and that changes the way the engines run and the transmissions run.
2: Well, and that's you know, and one thing Michelle was just saying, you know, it's one thing to teach somebody how to swap out. Not a o-ring for a something valve or something but to be able to know what parameters and the specifications and what a what a mechanical device can handle
0: well, I would think today that if you're even getting into uh, the technical field of automobiles, you need to make sure that it's electrical, electrical, electrical. A lot of electronics, more you know of electricals, uh, better off you're going to be able to diagnose drivability uh, problems with the vehicles.
2: Wow. Okay. So... uh <sighs> Back in the olden days, there weren't a lot of computers in cars. You know, it's it's gradually, is there kind of a a demarcation line, so if someone wanted um, a car without a computer? Was there a golden age that came to an end where they didn't have computers?
0: Well, it really started back in the 80s. At the end of the 80s is when all computers started coming in. But you did have uh, electronic fuel injection. You had uh, electronic uh, ignition systems. And those were small computers in cars, but they were under the hood, really not in the dash or like that. So it worked a lot of difference then then, than today.
2: And today's cars now, you know, it used to be if you got 100,000 miles on your car, whoa, that's a big deal. But now they're going two and 300,000 miles. Cars are more built to last. So if you get a sensor, a malfunction, you know, you get something on the OBD2, an engine code that says something is wrong, how often is it that there's the computer is sensing something is wrong or that the computer just has a sensor problem? Well, a
0: lot of times we don't have problems with the computers having a lot of sensor, uh, maybe the drivers. Every now and then you have drivers or something going bad in the computers. But most of the time, one code can lead to something else. It's always that you just don't say, well, I'm going to throw this part at the car because that's probably not the problem. So you can get several different codes from one problem.
2: We are talking about computers today on your car. Our email address for your question is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Terry in Ridgeland. Terry, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's going on with you?
3: Hey, good morning. Well, I'm out driving on a cool, rainy morning here, but uh, I've got a 2007 Honda Odyssey. I've had it... uh, Um, six or seven months. Uh, when I first, and it runs great around 200,000 miles, just runs like a dream. But the, uh, cruise control, uh, when I first got it, you know, I might have to mash the, the, uh, the button a couple of times to get it to come on, to get it to engage. And now, uh, it won't come on at all. Now, now the, you know, the, the, the light that says cruise control does come on, but the, uh, The light that, you know, that says that it's engaged does not and it does not engage. You know, I'm I'm wondering if that might be, you know, like a brake sensor switch or something that may be going bad. What, What kind of input may you have on that?
0: Well, that could be a brake sensor switch on it since the cruise control uh, operates off that brake. Every time you touch the brake, the cruise control cuts off. Now, It could be a sensor there, but once again, it's going into a computer, and maybe the computer is not reading it when you push that button, or it it could even be a switch. But the easiest thing I would do is go ahead and check the uh, brake switch on the brake pedal itself first and make sure that it's not sticking. How would I do that? Okay. well I've
3: reached down, and, and, you know, i I pushed it in, and then when I I release it, I make sure that it's, you know, pulled all the way back, but that doesn't seem to help.
0: Okay, what I would do there is that brake light switch, I would, uh, maybe not even the brake light switch because there's usually two of them, one that operates the cruise itself. uh, I would take it loose, and I would check and make sure I had voltage going to the wire, and then when you push the switch, I would make sure I had voltage going to the other side of the wire coming out.
3: Okay. Is that a relatively easy thing to do?
0: Or, Well, if you know how to use a multimeter and you know what you're looking for, what I would do, uh, there are specifications out there that tell you how much voltage should be there. There should be like 12 volts coming through there, and you might want to get a wiring diagram to see where it's going into.
3: Okay. Uh, thank you. Now, look, I have one other question. I'll make it brief. I have a 2013 Ford Escape that I recently had a, um, a low mileage uh, engine uh, put in it. And uh, the the people uh, uh, who did it, uh, when, well, uh, a month or so later, I noticed that uh, my windshield squirter wasn't working. And someone suggested that that maybe when they took the cap off the front end, that that's connected. And they may have to take the cap back off to reconnect that the windshield squirter. Does that makes sense to you
0: yeah do you have when you do it is any water coming out any uh winter no. washer or coolant coming out
3: it it just doesn't it doesn't work at all hadn't worked since they uh, uh put that engine in
0: the uh, first thing i would do they might have pinched a wire or something i check and see if the fuse is blown that's the first thing i would do
3: uh-huh. okay all right well that's uh that's about all i have this morning
2: well thanks for calling thank you buddy yes sir Let's now go to Columbus and talk with Catherine. Catherine, we're so glad you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
4: Well, good morning. I think you answered one of my questions already, and that was I was wondering, comparing the newest cars coming on the market now with the older models. Um, it sounds like the newer ones last longer. Is that what you're saying?
2: The newer cars last so much longer than older cars? Right,
0: Coach. Uh, the uh, reason why they last much longer is because, first of all, the engineering of the engine itself is better. The oil is better. All of these things, they're engineered better to make that vehicle function more efficiently. And uh, the reason we think about when we talk about computers is first thing is that the computers are put on there in order to give the car more well, we'll say safety regulations EPA regulations and to get better gas mileage out of that vehicle because once again every vehicle runs uh, on their computers they have different parameters that that vehicle can run in to get the best fuel ratio and like I say if we think about fuel ratio it's 14.7 to 1 and we need to stay as close as that as possible and that's why they use those computers for that in the, in the earlier days they could not uh, monitor the fuel they couldn't they just couldn't get the fuel and the air ratio correct.
4: I see. Well, my philosophy always was the more bells and whistles you have on a vehicle, the more things you have to go wrong. But apparently they've figured that all out. Uh, I'm in the market uh, for a new vehicle Same at way. the very wrong time because of the chip shortage. Everything's so hard to come by now. Uh, do you have any tips on, on uh, buying a new vehicle in this market? And I've been told that the Ford... Maverick Hybrid would be a good choice for me because I just want a small pickup.
0: Yeah, the thing is, there's a waiting list for all of these vehicles now. Uh, You really have to go to the dealership and see what their allocations are for any vehicle that you want right now and uh, just get in line. Man, Uh, if,
2: if we had a suggestion on how to get a vehicle, we could, I don't know, take a finder's fee or something.
0: Well, I will tell you that Intel is building a chip factory in the United States, so... Maybe that'll help us.
4: Okay. Do you think the Ford Maverick Hybrid would be a good choice for someone who wants just a small, basic pickup?
0: Uh, the Hybrid, that's just like a uh, really – I look at it like a little Ford Ranger. Uh, they were good; they are good vehicles, and like I say, they're uh, very economical. And like I say, you'll get good gas mileage on them, and there's a good review on those uh, pickup trucks right now.
4: Well, good. Then I just have to keep this one running, the old uh, – the 1990 GMC Sonoma I have. I just have to keep it running until the new ones
0: come out then. I just keep it running, and like I say, if you're going to get a new vehicle, you need to go to the dealer and put your name on the list.
2: Okay, well, thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine, and we want to remind you, if you go to YouTube and go to Casey's channel, uh, we're in fact having a review of the Bronco today, and I think we've done that Maverick in the past. He's got uh, little... One minute and four, five, six, seven minute videos showing what these brand new cars look like that he was able to get. But, you know, real people might not be able to get, but he could. (laughs) So thanks for calling in, Catherine. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. And here are some recent recalls. One of our co-workers needs to be listening to this. Kia is recalling vehicles for faulty airbags. That includes the Forte Coupes, Forte Sedans, Sedona minivans, Soul, and Soul EV hatchbacks. Hyundai is recalling certain 2022 Santa Fe HEV and Santa Fe PHEV vehicles. What's a PHEV? I'm... I don't
0: know what that one is. That okay,
2: anyway, this is this get this the instrument cluster liquid crystal display may invert the image on the screen upon st- start-up. It's upside down. Upside down, wow. <laughs> Ram recalls model year 2019 through 20 uh, HD pickups for faulty windshield wipers. You don't want that not happening today. And Tesla has recalled uh, over 54,000 vehicles for a rolling stop full self-drive function the feature feature which appeared to violate state laws that would require vehicles to come to a complete stop and it required drivers to opt in for what it dubbed assertive mode so you could you could have a you could set your car so that it wouldn't come to a complete stop because you were in assertive
0: mode. So you just roll on to the stop sign. Yeah, light, red light.
2: like somebody did to me yesterday yes. morning. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A recall, and input your VIN on their safer car app. Whoa. Ooh, our our research analyst, Jay White, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. So I guess a hybrid could be, you know, gas and regenerative brakes, but if it's a P, it's a plug-in. I thank our crack research staff for yeah. finding that out. Yeah. We're talking about computers, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is <coughs> auto at mpbonline.org but let's go to john who has called in this morning john we're so glad you're with us today what's your comment or question
3: i'm curious whether or not the tesla made after all by the guy with the private space program has any unique computer systems
2: Ooh, are there anything special about tesla computers other than you can Have a rolling stop as one of your options on self-driving?
0: Well, I'm sure that he made his own computer system to put in there. He had it made. So only certain people can work on those cars, and that is the Tesla dealers themselves. So I'm sure they have uh, computer systems made for that car completely.
2: So he probably doesn't believe in right to repair. Right.
0: Um, Not anybody can just work on it.
2: All right. John, thanks for calling in about that. We do have a couple of emails to go to. Uh, Coach, let's do this one. It's from Gene. Uh, Gene said his uh, car used up a lot of oil, and so he swapped oil. But then he took a big road road trip and uh, put a lot of stress on the car, and he thinks it's magically fixed itself. So should he revert to the factory recommendations or continue with the new oil.
0: As reading this email, he said that he had like 135,000 miles on it and then it quit burning oil. Well, first of all, that's a long time to for a break-in period, so (laughs) 135,000 miles and 10 years. Well, what I would do, I'd just stay with the oil that is keeping it from burning oil because, like I say, they did have a problem with them, several manufacturers, and it's really the oil itself. But if you find an oil that uh, will keep it from uh, burning, I would go ahead and stay with the same oil because it says it looks like you're using 20W-30 in this vehicle. So that's what I'd stay with, 20W-50, yes.
2: All right, let's do one more email. This one was a guy who had a twenty nineteen Chevy Silverado four wheel drive and there's a chirping noise in the left front axle. Nobody can fix it. Do you know do you know anything about fixing this?
0: I like how you said the seventy thousand uh dollar vehicle with the chirping noise in the left front and they can't fix it. What I would do, I would uh if GM knows there's a problem, I would take it back to the uh, dealer and uh, have them fix it because you can uh, matter of fact you uh, can call the customer service line on any of these manufacturers and they will get you some help
2: there you go especially if this is a a high uh, value one yeah find that owner's manual and give them a call
0: customer service
2: customer service customer service let's talk to jerry in bay springs which is quite a bit inland from bay st louis jerry we're so glad you've called in what's your comment or question
5: yeah, you remembered that. Didn't you? <laughs> uh, I've got a um, 2005 Ford F-150, and i got a couple of problems with it. Um, one, the, the cruise control stopped working shortly after I acquired the truck, and I've been looking through the manual, and I can't find whether it's uh, controlled by a fuse relay or what and where that would be. And uh, the other problem is my turn signals and flashers don't work. Uh, They worked fine until a month or so ago, and they seemed to work when the weather was wet, and then they stopped working completely. And I'm just wondering if that's something that that I could fix myself, because I know I think it involves going into the steering shaft. So uh, I'll take my answers off offline unless
0: you have some questions. All right, let me ask you a question. Is the cruise control the one that you push on the steering wheel or is it in the switch of the turn signal switch?
5: Uh, It's on the steering wheel.
0: Okay, so by being in the steering wheel, uh, what I would do, first of all, like you're saying, trying to see if there's a fuse on there, go to your owner's manual, and you'll have to look at every little line in there, and it may be in with another fuse. It could be with the uh, panel fuse. It could be with any other fuse in there. Just make sure you, you read across all of them. And you'll find that. I
5: looked, and I couldn't find anything that had anything saying about cruise control, I don't believe.
0: Okay, well, that's another thing we were talking about I was just fixing to tell Jay, is that acronyms on vehicles, there's so many different acronyms now, so it may be called something else. It may be called speed control. There's maybe a lot of things that it may be called in there. Okay. and then like I say for uh, the uh turn signal yeah you uh, on that f150 it's really easy to get to you just take the plastic off the top of the uh, uh, housing where the steering wheel is you got a piece of plastic on the top and the bottom of it and there's a switch right at the top of it and you can just take that off replace it you should be good to go. Not going to trigger the airbag. Not going to trigger the airbag. You're going to go behind the steering wheel. You'll see the cover that's on uh, top of the steering column, and there's one right underneath that has three screws on it. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir.
2: I think cruise control is one of my absolute favorite features on a vehicle, and, in fact, we were buying a new vehicle that didn't have – well, new. This was in 2007. We were buying a new vehicle that didn't have it, And so we had them put it on, and they did put that box on the steering column. So that was aftermarket. Aftermarket, right? So that might be something because it might not be in the owner's manual because it's aftermarket. Yeah,
0: Ford don't you put aftermarket? Oh, yeah, that was Ford. This
2: this was a Saturn. Yeah, Ford
0: ain't going to put aftermarket cruise control on.
2: Uh, Yeah, this this that was a different. All right. Same story, completely yes. completely different, though. <laughs> Let's go to Steve N. Gaucher. Steve, we're glad that you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Hey,
6: guys. How you doing? Doing great. We're going to talk about 150s again, two of them, a 2003 first. Old sweetheart truck. <laughs> but anyway, uh, starting problems. Uh, got a new battery, diehard battery and I talked to my son's uh, shop manager, Firestone here, and it did a little device stuck on there, and it told all the stuff on the digital it printed out that the starter's good, the alternator's good, and the battery's good. But it still drags, been dragging, I'm gonna to go to crank it up, more so when it's cold than anything else. It still drags, and the last few days it's been hearing a click. <laughs> now, uh, could that be a, a solenoid, starter solenoids causing that?
0: Well, the drag is going to come from the starter itself on the inside of it because the solenoid, uh, once, yeah, okay. you t- once you turn the key, the solenoid pushes in the arm, and okay. then it engages into the flywheel. Okay, now that's where your clicking noise is coming from, but I think I would go ahead and check that starter, take it off because that's what it sounds like, especially if it's dragging and you hear a clicking noise every now and then.
6: Yeah, well, just just happened less than three days, they've been doing that, but it's dragging, but all the tests and everything was good. but. Hey, no problem. We got to change go all in. We we'll pop the starter off and take it down in and warrant it out with the man Auto parts. That's what but, I would do. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But let me take the <laughs> down- <laughs> starter solenoid back. Anyway, the other one, the other one, the 2016, my little fella, baby, F one hundred and fifty, hilarious, and didn't have a lot of transmission issues. It's not as bad. Uh, the thing is. Uh, did a code on a while back, but anyway, it, wants to, it does it after a sudden stop and when it's cold, uh, it wants to start off in second gear or fifth gear and I had to switch, put in parts, switch off, crank it up and then it's all right and off we go, you know. But I had no problem with it, work with it, my wife or somebody else gonna drive it, it might cause a problem because if you try to take off, it might burn the bands or some of the gear starts clunking. Uh... Now, what I want to understand is a it was something like a code thirty. It's been a while. Is that is, it, is it a sensor of some kind, of input RPM sensor and output or whatever? Are those inside the transmission or outside the transmission?
0: That input and output, they're on the outside of the transmission. It should be right above the tail shaft of that transmission. All right should be right, right right above the tail shaft. You should see it on the side right there. And like I say, you need to make sure you get the right input for that vehicle. Uh, I would get that from the dealership. Uh, give them your VIN number and get that from the dealership. And now the code, that's a four-digit code that you should have in that vehicle for that uh, code. I would make sure I check it and see exactly where it is, make sure that if it's not a solenoid, because like I say, it could just be that input or output speed sensor.
6: We'll scan it again and double check and stuff because we're fixing it. It's got about ninety thousand miles. I'm going to change transmission fluid and oil and all that good stuff, you know. So it's a good time to do all that too. Right, man. That's good, man. I sure appreciate your help. Yes, sir. Listen, you guys, time to time. I'm not a mechanic, but I'm retired and interfering with my son's business a little too much.
0: Well, I appreciate you you calling.
6: Y'all have a good day. Don't get swamped with all that rain coming in.
0: Yes, sir.
2: Thank you, Steve. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're learning about vehicle computers between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. You can listen to the show live. You can listen to podcasts but you can also click support and make a contribution for us. Thank you so much to everyone who contributes to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, according to cars.com, new research from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety questions if inflatable booster seats are safe specifically Bumble Bum and Hiccup Pop Uber Booster models iihs said additional research is needed to learn about the safety levels of inflatable boosters for kids and the agency is planning to invest more in this type of research while also continuing to conduct Physical crash tests.
0: So you're inflated in an airbag. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You're, the kids are sitting on a booster seat, but rather than it being like a structural leather cushion right. thing, it's inflated. And I guess that's not real safe because it could deflate and kids could slip underneath Under and, right. the seatbelt. We're talking about the computers on your car and taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at org. Let's go to Alvin in Columbus. Alvin, we're so glad that you called in to autocorrect today. What's your comment or question?
7: Okay, I got a question for Coach. I got a Nanitou F 150. You know, so it has kind of the early computers on them that don't do all the junk that new cars do today. I got 435,000 miles on this thing. What it's doing now, I've been doing it for about a year now. The thing don't run right until the check engine light comes on. Like I can start it up, it hesitate, it sputter, sometimes it even goes dead. But it don't run smoothly, and I can't be confident out there on the highway until that check engine light comes on. Like at one time, I changed the ignition module, got one of those from, uh, like AutoZone, someplace like that. And it burned that thing up, it went dead. Then So I put the old auto ignition module back in. It runs okay, but it still don't run right until that check engine light comes on. You got any idea what might be causing that?
0: Well, have you had it scanned to see what that check engine light uh, code is?
7: Yeah, I had it had it scanned and had it fixed. I was in California for a little bit before I moved here about a year ago, and uh, he did that engine light to go off or to pass smog, but um, lately it it, it don't do it anymore. Since Mississippi don't have a smog check, I haven't really bothered with it. I talked to some guys, you know, and can nobody really give me a satisfactory answer. I try everything they tell me, but
0: it keeps going on. Is the check-in light on now?
7: Yeah, it's on now. Like, when I initially started up, it's off.
0: Okay, well... so it Good should time. come on when the, you first crank the vehicle up. It should come on and then it should go off if you haven't got a problem. If you have a problem, it comes back on while you're driving down the road. Okay. What I would do first, I'd go ahead and scan that computer, see what check engine light. It's going to be your vehicle is probably going to be a two digit. Pre 95 is a two digit uh, code and after 95 it's a four digit code. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shops now do not have the tools to do pre-95. So you need to find a shop that has that certain tool because the control module, the connector, the DLC, could be under the dash. It could be under the hood. It could be anywhere in that vehicle. It could be in the uh, glove box. So you might want to just find somewhere that they can scan that uh, 92 model. uh,
7: On that truck, I bought one of those aftermarket from Auto Parts store and it keeps telling me it's the EGR. So I, I swapped that out, but then I don't know what, what it is. Like you said earlier, they don't always tell you the exact problem, they'll get you something that could be causing the problem. And I changed that thing out a couple of times, I thought what the code said. But yeah, I, I guess I gotta find somebody who knows how to work on them old things.
0: Yeah, on the EGR, let me explain on that one there. Now, it could have, the code could say insignificant EGR flow. And if it says that, it's usually not the EGR valve itself, it's usually all the hoses that connect to that EGR valve, they get stopped up, and now the, uh, it doesn't work like it's supposed to work. And now that would cause you a problem, because what that would do, the engine's getting hot because of uh, NOx gas, and so that's it. We're going to talk about emissions. matter of fact, uh, next week we're going to talk about emission systems.
7: Okay, I, I, I'll look at that because I know most of the time when that check engine comes, light comes on, it's usually something that could get to do with the emissions anyway, isn't it?
0: Uh, no. Uh, the, oh. the check engine light itself is made for, really, it's an EPA regulation. It's made for uh, polluting the air. So it tells you if your gas is not being burnt completely and that you're releasing hydrocarbons into the atmosphere. That's really what that check engine light is about.
7: Oh, okay, then. All right, I'll, I'll try some of that stuff she just said, and thanks. Okay, thank you.
2: Thanks, Alvin. We're glad you called in. We're now going to go to Joe, who's called in from Carrollton. Joe, we are so glad that you are part of AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Oh,
1: yes, well, thank. You. I enjoy the program. Uh, look, uh, look, I got a run. 2013 um, Ford Escape, and I'm having a problem with my alarm system. I can cut it off, but an- hour sometime I and mean, you do it in the night time. I don't know where about two or three o'clock. My alarm just come on just,
0: you know. What I would do on that one there first, Joe, I'd go ahead and check your uh, anti-theft system because that's what it sounds like. Your anti-theft the car thinks it's somebody's trying to steal it and uh, that alarm's going off. And if there is something wrong with the anti-theft, it will do that. And once again, it's a check-in to light on.
1: Uh, check engine, no.
0: There's not a check engine light, a little orange light that says check engine. No,
1: no, no, it is not.
0: Okay, well, what I would do, I'd go ahead and scan it, see if that, uh, if there's a code in it in case it's cleared out. Because a lot of times these, if it's a hard fault or if it's a soft fault, if it's a soft fault, that check engine light will go out after a while. Once again, there's a parameter where it'll go out and then it'll come back on. So I'd go ahead and check the uh, computer in it once again, take a scan tool, and see what kind of code's in it, and then check the anti-theft system. Oh, okay. Well, I tell yeah. <laughs>
1: My problem, you know, the, this thing is now, you know, like say I want, I went to a couple of, you know, the, the shop, you know, had sent this uh, corona stuff going around, and they want me, you know, talking about leak before the, the shop, you know, the shop is tied up, you know. And um, it, it's just hard to get somebody, you know, to do it. They want to sit up and say, I hold it two weeks before I can get to
0: it. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I think on that one, Joe, you just need to find the right shop. You're not going to the right shop yet. Uh, you go to a reputable. uh don't take it to one of these guys that do it on the side of the road. Take it to a reputable dealer, and they will take and work on that. And really, you talk about COVID, what they're doing with COVID. They're, they will clean that car with uh, disinfectant on the inside while they're working on it. To make sure that there's no COVID in there. Yeah.
1: No, won't time I just, you know, they back up. That won't come out. They back up and tell me it'd be two more, two or three weeks. Let them sit down. You know that long. You know they had so much of other stuff in your head.
0: Yeah, there are. Well, what I would do there is make an appointment, find a dude. Well, dut-
1: that's what i am trying to do, but I can't get no. Uh, you know, say so well, you bring did like that. Bring it in tomorrow. And they, uh, want, you know, a day or two. Want, you know, that's right. fine. They come out, bring it down. Maybe we can get to your, you know. And they won't give me no a definite appointment, a day to bring in. That's
0: well, you know, it's just like anything else. Things take time to fix, and if they get right. backed up, you know,
1: right?
0: that's, that's true. Uh-huh. So what I'll do is, to, hey, go get that uh, computer scanned and see what's in there.
1: You know, they uh, they said something, but now I like, so I want to come and get it, you know, get it, you know, get it fixed. And um, that's the problem. I can't, you know. It, uh, you know, I tell them, you know, this and this. Well, you bring here and leave here. Something we get to, you
2: know. Well, Joe, here's my cent, my two cents. That's worth about one and a half cents. If the alarm's going off at three, that's about the time school's coming out. I'm wondering if some kids are coming around, pranking you and wiggling your car to make that alarm go off. I, I don't know. I, that's my suspicious self. But thank you so much for calling in, Joe. Good luck with that. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert coach charlie melton ase certified master technician it's time for coach charlie's tip of the week
0: tip of the week is uh headlights or any light bulb that you're putting into a vehicle if it's a tail light or a headlight do not let your fingers touch the glass if you let your fingers touch the glass your fingers have oil on it it creates hot spots and that light will not last very long
2: now I know the joke is refill it with blinker fluid, but there is like a light bulb fluid, the little grease stuff that you put on and the, before you put it in the socket. Is that is that really needed?
0: Well, the, some of it is. It's not, it's grease. It's right. not and, and what it does, it makes it for us uh, makes it very where it'll have very better connection.
2: Okay, so if you've got some, use it.
0: Yeah, but oh. not on all of them. Oh, it's, okay. It's just made for certain ones. Oh,
2: all right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's take this email real quick. This was from Elizabeth, and uh, she has a 2005 Acura that had some transmission problems, and now it's just not working. It's only worth between one and two thousand uh, dollars for transmission problems. Is it salvageable, or if it's not, what do you suggest she does with it?
0: Well, for a 2005, a transmission's uh to put in that car is gonna cost about twenty five hundred dollars to put it in and get one from a salvage yard. Um, if you don't want it, you know, I think MPB will be more than happy to take it.
2: You know that is true. That uh, if you go to our website, MPBonline.org and if you click at the top where it uh, about the foundation, you can donate your car, but like right now, don't folks really need to hang if it isn't it better to hang on to the cars? Because if you need to replace it where are you going to get one?
0: Well, that is true. If she's, like I say, if you want to put $2,500 in it, keep it. If not, somebody will take it from you.
2: Yeah. Well, good luck with that, Elizabeth. I hope that helped you. Let's go to the phones and talk with Caleb in Monroe, Louisiana. Ooh, I love to stop at Monroe, Monroe when we're on I 20. We did a lot of swim meets there. Go ahead, Caleb.
8: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good place to stop by. Uh, I got a, a 2012 Hyundai Accent. It's a manual transmission. And last month, it started doing this thing uh, where the engine would just stop running. I'd be sitting idle at a stoplight. I'd be pulling into a parking spot. I'd be accelerating in second gear, and the engine just cuts out. Uh, It doesn't throw check engine light. All that comes on is the oil light and the battery light because the engine's off.
0: So it just dies completely completely okay on that and t- I can't
8: re- and I can't restart it until I turn the key to off and I open the door
2: open the door
8: and then it'll restart hmm.
2: and you're not just stalling it by taking your foot off the clutch uh,
8: I, it's happened when my foot is on the clutch and it's in it's happened when I'm sitting idle and neutral with my foot off the clutch and it's happening while I'm accelerating and my foot is off the clutch.
0: You know, Honda had a problem with the uh, ignition switch, so I would check that ignition switch on there. Uh, now, let me ask you this question: Do you have a lot of key, a lot of keys on the keychain?
8: I do not. I have the. Um, I don't even have the the remote on it because when I bought the car, I didn't have it. So I have just the key, and then I have a key fob and uh, and one two keys, and that's it.
0: Okay, I would check that ignition switch on there because that's that's what it sounds like, uh, especially if you can't, uh, you had to cut it back off and then open the door. That all has something to do with either the ignition switch and that system.
2: All right. Good okay. luck, Caleb. I checked out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We went to the Sears in Monroe right as they closed. Mm-hmm. And I, this is not the Monroe Reminition Show. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, we're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? I'd like
4: to ask a question. I have a 2013 Toyota Yaris, and uh, yesterday, I, I, it's been paid off for months. but yesterday I got a call from Toyota in Hattiesburg, and they said, um, we noticed that your oil hasn't been changed in, in, uh, in quite a while. Once you buy a car, does the dealership have their finger on your car for the rest of its life? Because I said, no, I've had the oil changed. I just didn't go up there to the dealership and get it done. So did they have a, how do they know that my oil wasn't changed or whatever?
0: No, they don't know if your oil wasn't changed. They just know that you didn't take the vehicle back to them. That That's what that is. They uh, they just know you didn't take it back to them because, like I said, they couldn't tell if your oil's changed, changed uh, because if you changed it yourself, they wouldn't know that neither. So it's really just – knowing that you didn't take it back to that particular dealership because they do know when you do service and they, they keep records, of all the service records. So that's the, that's what that is.
2: Thanks, Sue. Yeah, well, they, they know things about you, but they don't know everything about you. Right. Let's finish off the hour with a little bit more uh, computer stuff. You were mentioning something about ICM, VCM, TCM. What's all that?
0: Well, like I said earlier, there's uh, so many acronyms that we use for cars. And uh, like I say, a BCM is like called a body control module. It controls your uh, windows, your locks, your seats, and sometimes it can, uh, controls your radio. Uh, uh ICM, that's an ignition control module, controls the firing of the vehicle, your coils. Uh, the PCM is power control module. That particular module interfaces with a lot of other modules in that car uh, for drivability. And then, like I say, your TCM, that's transmission control module. Inter- it interacts with the PCM. Uh, a lot of times when you start thinking about these control modules and these sensors in these vehicles, they all have a check uh, point. So they check each other. So if the if just say if they said that auction sensor was going bad, well they have another way of checking it. Another sensor or another computer checks it for you. So they have a lot of checkpoints in these computers.
2: And since we are on the radio, and maybe folks are listening to us on their car on the radio. It's not a radio? What's this?
0: Well, even the radio you have in your vehicle now, it's a computer module. It's no longer uh, where you can just pull a radio out and put one in. You put a computer module in there and another computer.
2: Oh, man. I never did that. But I remember in high school, that was the thing.
0: Well, if you think about the interfaces of all these computers uh, talking to each other, it's just like the Internet. They all talk to each other constantly.
2: And the the interfaces, how that's, that's what... Uh, they talk to each other or how? That's how,
0: that's how they talk through going through LAN or LIN, whatever different types of systems they have. They talk to each other to keep that vehicle running as efficient as possible.
2: When you were in high school, did you swap out car radios? Uh,
0: we swapped out radios, speakers. We did everything.
2: <laughs> oh, this is like the memories show for me. <laughs> But we're so glad that you've been here with us coach. We uh, we're going to talk about uh, emissions next week. We've got all sorts of good things planned so folks keep tuning in to AutoCorrect. We are going to answer your questions and tell you things you didn't even know you needed to know. That's right. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. We thank Jay White Expert phone answerer and researcher, and Michelle McAdoo, expert board engineer. And so, for Coach Charlie Melton, master technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.